Hey, hey, and welcome to another Podcast Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Pretty darn good. How about you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I'm excited to go uh, out on the island and get marooned with the monkeys here. Oh, boy. Because this week we're doing episode 40, Monkeys Marooned. Mm Mm-hmm. And for once there isn't like an AKA something we've never heard of. (laughs) (laughs) We've barely heard of these actual titles until we got the the discs. Yeah. Uh, It's directed again by James Frawley. We thought a while back we'd lost (laughs) James. Jimmy's back. He's he's back. Written by Stanley Ralph Ross, Paul Mazursky, and Neil Burston. Hey, hey. And originally aired on Devil's Night, October 30th, 1967. Ooh, really? Yeah, because last season that? it aired right on Halloween, and this season huh. they they get geared up, and then they must kids must have been in a frenzy watching the monkeys getting ready to go out as the monkeys the next day. Oh yeah, the diehards were the monkeys from this episode. They <laughs> they're on the cutting edge. Oh yeah. So to get right into it. Uh, Peter's walking down the street and he's playing guitar, and this guy like psts him. It's like, pss, pss, and, and it's just like a hand coming out of the darkness. And so the ant, the hand asks if he wants to see some good pictures, which sketch bag all the way, everything mm. about this already. If anyone in a dark alley asks if you want to see pictures that you don't, yeah. cause they're going to be this is the, horrible. This is the, uh, someone on Instagram wants to send you a message of, uh, 1967. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, there's no, nothing good coming. So the shady nah. dude is Don Sherman, and the pe- person he plays is Sheldon Leonard. And uh, sorry, Leonard Sheldon is the guy he yeah. plays. That's his name in this episode. So he comes out of the shadows and shows Peter a picture of a baby, and Peter's very impressed with this picture. And uh, <laughs> the guy asks him if he want to buy a u- if he wants a unique buy, and he says uh, he can sell him the city of San Diego because the guy can get it really cheap. So Peter says, like, I don't know, Mr. Uh... Leonard. Leonard Sheldon's the name and big business is the game. Cartesi's my game. <laughs> the guy says he has a map to Blackbeard's treasure and he'll trade it to Peter for his guitar. Because Peter's just walking down the street, just playing this guitar to himself. Very 60s, I bet. It's one of the things the monkeys do. They walk down the street. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's also, I think, to remind you, the monkeys are a band. Yes. You haven't seen it in other episodes, and you're not going to see it in this one either. Spoiler alert. The show is tangentially related to uh, music, specifically a band, featuring four dudes who are also in this show. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, So far, season one pushes the band thing a lot more than season two, and I didn't think that was even possible, because the first couple episodes of season one, you had no idea they were a band. Hmm. So uh, as Peter says no, a cop walks by. And the guy's suddenly back in the shadows with just his hand sticking out with the map. And he says that it's just a stone's throw off the coast. And Peter says that on the map, it looks like a couple miles. So I got a good arm. (laughs) He says that he almost pitched for Brooklyn. And would a guy who almost pitched for Brooklyn steer him wrong? And Peter guesses not and trades the guitar for the map. And honestly, the monkey's losing their gear. It seems to happen a lot. (laughs) <laughs> yes, or the threat of it happening or having to, because yeah, yeah. they're broke ass, they to do anything. They got to pay with their, their gear. Yeah, the only thing that could possibly make them money, other than jobs, but screw that. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And I was going to say, they're losing their gear. It always puts them into like a pickle story-wise, but it doesn't <laughs> actually affect anything because the band isn't even a thing ever anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think maybe it was because uh, it was harder for them to pull off the struggling band thing to people because they're selling millions of albums, they're, they're touring and doing stuff? Do you think that might have been one of the reasons? Maybe, because, yeah, at this point, when they're shooting these episodes, they're already quite famous. Yeah. They're doing all right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, maybe it would come off as uh, unconvincing. Yeah, So they perhaps. have to have just, like, various adventures. Yeah, more adventures. <laughs> so Peter uh, gives him the guitar for the map, and he walks away. And then instantly the guy tries to sell the guitar to the first person who walks by, and it's Mike. Hey, buddy, want my guitar? No. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and that leads us to the intro. But I think it was a minute 36 this time. Not bad. Yeah, pretty, pretty quick, in and out. And, but a lot of information in that. Like, one thing with this episode, we'll say off the top, off the top is like, it's packed with stuff happening. Like, there's constantly stuff going on in this episode. Uh, stuff anyway. and people. Like, yeah. a lot of just different people playing different parts in this episode compared to a lot of episodes where it's just the boys, a bad guy, and a girl <laughs> by, by the end of season one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's nuts. So, we come back to the regular but awesome harpsichord version of the theme. Yeah, first, the first time, time this season, season, right? Yeah, I wonder why it wasn't like like a Caribbean theme or something. You know what I mean? Because they're going to the island, eh. like a pirate thing or something. But either way, I don't know. Maybe they're saving it for the actual pirate episode. But who knows? Maybe. So the boys are ripping Peter apart for trading his guitar for a treasure map. That's one of the dumbest things you've ever done, Pete. That's not fair, Mickey. Uh, that's not too Mickey. He's done dumber things than that. I know. Thanks, man. <laughs> oh man. And you can tell that this is Man. being filmed on the back lot of NBC because there's just like people standing around in the back. There's a bunch of trailers <laughs> and uh, dudes hanging yep, out a pickup yep. truck. And uh, Mike says that it's time to go and Mickey and Dave are excited and Peter asks where they're going. And Mike says, I'm going to go find this for slugging her treasure. And uh, here's, here's a little note. When I first tried to spell for slugging her, uh, it auto-corrected to the actual <laughs> word. And I thought it was just a word uh, Mike was making up. Yeah, it's a real word. It yeah. It sounds like just a Mad Magazine fake uh, Jewish type, like a Yiddish word. <laughs> yeah. But what is exactly, it? Exactly. Yeah. But no, it it means uh, crazy or foolish. Oh. So he, he uses it properly. I gotta say. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> and and <laughs> also, uh, Mike is wearing the wool hat in this opening scene, but he doesn't wear it for the rest of the show. And I'm wondering yeah. if this is the beginning of the wool hat phase out. We'll, we'll keep it you fell, posted. Uh, it fell off the boat later, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> and, and so anyway, Davey's dressed like an American sailor from like the way back times. And he says they have to defeat the British. And Mickey points out that he is British. And then Mike tells Davey there's too much stuff on the boat, but Davey won't hear of it. And he tells him to launch the ship. And the ship is barely even a boat. Like it's it's a very small boat to go out into the ocean in with yeah. four dudes and all the shit they're taking. And uh, he, he keeps Davy keeps saying, "Launch the ship, launch the ship," and it just slowly sinks into the harbor <laughs> with all the stuff. 
And in the background are the same dudes who were hanging out by the pickup truck in the previous scene. So I'm assuming they're all like crew members just watching stuff go down. <laughs> they gotta, they gotta get all the shit out of the water after uh, Davy gets out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is the kind of thing that pops up a lot in like student films, like the crew being in shots. It's <laughs> just like the instructor always says, everyone behind the lens. You think you're not in the shot, but you will be. Just stay behind the lens and you won't be. <laughs> okay. How do you think they did the Davy and the boat thing? Do you think they had a bottomless boat or like something was just like, is there's like a lift under there or something? How do you think they did that just now? I don't know. It's a good question. I, I just thought they would have sunk the boat, like put had, an, had a, like a stunt boat with holes in it and stuff so it could sink fast. Yeah. You know, then they'd have to bring it back school, up. Paco? What did you go there yeah, for? We, we didn't sink many boats. <laughs> it just sunk future <laughs> careers. Um, uh. So the next scene, uh, the boys are like in those half-folded cowboy hats that I think are from Australia or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And they're getting out on the getting out of the boat on the island that has a treasure. So <laughs> they just you don't see them get there at all. There's not even a fake nah, guys nah. in a boat scene. It's just like Davy sinks the boat. The boat's on the island with everybody. Don't even worry about what happens in between here. There's probably like two and a half hours of improv on a boat in a tank with the boys just goofing around and shit. Mike's, Mike's hat comes flying off with a whistle sound at some point. Oh, yeah. Peter. Yeah. <laughs> like, but no, yeah. there ain't no room for that. Yeah. I, I was actually looking forward to seeing the hijinks they'd get into on the high seas, but you know. Just get them there. Just got to move this. Like they say, there's a lot happening. We can't waste it seeing these guys well, on a boat. Well, if you're waiting for the monkeys on the high seas, I think you're in for a treat in a few episodes. But anyway, yeah. we'll get to that <laughs> in a few episodes. So Mickey says ah. he doesn't like it because it's too quiet. And then they hear like a huge roar. And then Mickey says, I don't like it. It's too noisy. Peter sees a big footprint on the ground. That's just like a big wooden footprint cutout <laughs> that they like pick up. <laughs> And Mickey says that the island's supposed to be deserted and like they've got to get out of here. And then Mike says it's too late to leave because it's 1210. And they're like, oh, yeah, too late to leave. We can't leave now. Mm, no, so Peter yeah. says the map says that it's north. And Mike says, well, I think that north is this way. And so Mickey says, so we'll go that way. And Mike's like, yep. And they turn around and go the other way. And Mike doesn't even like try to push his idea. He knows he's incorrect. And he should go the other way. It sounded like it was a Peter line, perhaps. And maybe they didn't have enough for Mike to say in this episode. And they gave it to Mike instead. I don't know. Uh, we already called Peter a dummy in more or less words a few minutes ago. We'll give this one to Mike. Yeah, maybe, man. So we cut to, we see an old white dude sleeping in a chair and getting fanned by a big leaf. And we follow down the leaf stem and there's a native guy fanning him and watching a little TV. And what is he watching? The monkeys, of course. Yes. And uh, he's watching the episode Monkey See, Monkey Die, the second episode of the series, I believe. And, uh, yeah. and he's loving it. He's loving the monkeys. Who writes that stuff? Can you blame him? So th- <laughs> Obviously not, but this is like a very weird meta thing if you really wanted to look into it, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> these poor losers who end up on this treasure hunt are also on the TV show he was just watching. He should be starstruck yeah. and stoked to see them. Maybe that's why he helps him out. Spoiler alert in the end, but, you know. <laughs> it's like when, um, okay, you seen Logan? Yes. In Logan, when they got the X-Men comics... And Logan's like holding an X Men comic and said it's not real, and like yeah, 
that's that was that's, weird. That's this. That's this kind of thing where we're we're in a world where the monkeys have a TV show, but also the monkeys are strutting around outside that hut while while they're on TV. That's very strange. So the boys are walking along and uh, hit a tripwire thing that leads uh, to a place where the old man is sleeping and a bell goes off. And so does the old man. He loses his mind. And the old man, I must say, is Monty Landis, who's always awesome. And uh, he's named Peshaw. And uh, he tells the other dude, whose name is Thursday, whose real name is Rupert Cross, to set off the alarm. and, And he just starts blowing into a trumpet. And they run around like crazy people for a bit. And then Pasha grabs a gun and uh, they bump into each other, setting the gun off. So here's our gun. Uh, gun, gun, gun. Uh, Peter hears the shot. And he freaks out. But Mike is completely unfazed by it. And uh, so Pasha and Thursday go running out to hunt down the monkeys, essentially. I think it's Shaw. I think it is Shaw. But Peter keeps calling him Pasha. <laughs> silent. Yeah. And, 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 and everybody keeps correcting him. Yeah. I don't know. Thursday keeps calling him Pasha as well. Mickey says to Davy that if, if it was a rifle shot, then that means there's people on this island that want to kill them. And Davy says, No, that wasn't a rifle shot, man. That, this is a deserted island. Yeah. It was probably a car backfire in the same. They said that before, right? I think so. I think so. I forget when, but yeah. As they walk away, an older, scragglier looking dude pops out and watches them. And this is uh, Bert Mustin, and he's playing a guy named Kimba, just so you know. Handsome devil. Peshaw tells Thursday that he hasn't been looking for that treasure for 10 years just to have sh- someone show up and steal it. And Thursday asks him if it's really been 10 years, and Peshaw goes off, and it's like hilarious wordplay. Yes, 10 years. For the only good day was that Tuesday I hired you, Thursday. Yes, you're a magnificent man Friday, Thursday. You made every day a Sunday, Thursday. The boys are walking around through the jungle, and they're getting eaten alive by insects, and Mickey says he has some insect spray. And a can just zooms into his hand from off screen. And he starts to spray it <laughs> everywhere. And uh, there's some stock footage of a pterodactyl. And the boys continue to get eaten. And Mike asks what kind of bug spray it is. And Mickey says that it attracts insects. It doesn't get rid of insects. Worst selling spray ever. Yeah. So they notice a hook contraption and walk over to it. And the bugs are instantly gone. They <laughs> done with the bugs. And as they're checking it out, <laughs> Pashan Thursday are in like a crane type thing. It's like, how did they get that to the island? Like, like a big piece of construction <laughs> gear. And they lift it up, and the monkeys get caught up in the net. This is more fun than monkeys. You're asking a lot of this show, Paco. A little side note is uh, this: there's a picture of them in this net that is in the uh, Missing Links Volume Two jewel case. Like when you open it up on the back of the insert. It's uh-huh. a picture from this episode. That's why I always remember this episode. And you know what? I read in an interview somewhere with uh, George Lucas that this was the uh, inspiration for the, the scene of the gang getting captured by the Ewoks in uh, Return of the Jedi. It all makes sense. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. So back at Pasha's place, he asks them why they're on the island, and Peter starts to tell him about the treasure. But Mickey interrupts him and says that they're there for a picnic. And Pasha says uh, they'll never leave the island alive because it's his practice to kill anyone who goes there. Practice makes perfect. And uh, Davy asks if, as a fellow Englishman, Pasha could uh, help them out by giving them a head start or something. And Thursday says, white men speak with straight tongue. 
and Mike and Davey really like that. Oh, I like it. I like it too. too. I like nice that man, man nice a lot. Yes. Yes. I'm big. Thank you. Uh, Davey suggests that uh, Pasha should be it. And for some reason, he really likes that idea and gives them a head start and uh, counts the back from 10. Like it's hide and seek all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, I guess being on an island with just uh, Thursday has made him a little uh, excited to have people around to play games with. Because he jumped right on so. it. <laughs> So the boys take off and they're all hiding behind Mike instead of running away. And Mike explains that if he finds Mike, he'll find everybody. So then they all run away. And Thursday's watching it all and he says, Who writes that stuff? Which is what he said when he was watching the Monkeys TV show. Yep. Okay, I'm going to start calling him Shaw because Push Shaw is a pain to say. <laughs> Fair enough. So... Shaw finishes counting and asks Thursday where they went. He says he can't tell them because it wouldn't be sporting. And Shaw says he's right. He says, but it's all right to point. <laughs> so he points in a direction. So the boys run to where the boat is, but it's gone. It is gone! And Mike says uh, they should swim for it. But Davey says that they'll drown. So Mickey says, well, let's drown for it. And, uh, <laughs> but Davey stops him. And then Peter starts to cry. It's been a while. But Mike says that crying won't bring the boat back, but not to worry. And then there's a huge shot, and they all freak out and run away. And then we see that older, scragglier guy looking through the bushes after them and scowling again. <laughs> so something tells me he's going to come up soon in this episode. It'd be weird if he didn't. <laughs> it would be weird. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine that's it? We don't see him anymore. It's like, what happened with that guy? <laughs> so the, the boys run into a guy who's dressed all in white with a pith helmet. And this is Dr. Schwartzkopf. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, gives them a, he gives them a card and rattles off a bunch of things that he can do for them. I specialize in jungle fever, malaria, cold rash, baby delivery, appendectomies, and sometimes I go orchids on the side. What do you say, boy? And then Thursday says, Who writes that stuff? <laughs> that's the whole scene right there. And uh, so Shaw asks a snake where the boys are. And the snake tells them. And like, what the hell's going on here? Like the snake has like a human voice. It's all like, look who's talking style or his mouth isn't moving. And then Thursday calls the snake a dirty snake in the grass. Like pretty harsh there, Thurs. Like, oh, he, he helped you out. He helped you out. And you call him a dirty snake in the grass. Damn. So the boys are walking along and Mike says that he suggests they all split. He suggests that they split up, and the boys misunderstand him. Oh, no, man. No, man. What about the... Boom. Here we come. They think he means the band should split up. But it's like, what band? What, what are you oh, talking about? Oh, the band that they're in. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly think that was just put in there to remind you that they're in a band, <laughs> and the monkeys <laughs> are a band. Because the only other mention of the monkeys is... Thursday watching their TV show. <laughs> so their TV stars more than her band. Who writes that stuff? So then they all go their separate ways, but they hear a crazy yell and the older scragglier guy comes swinging in on a vine and wipes out in the bushes. And uh, he, he gets up and he starts speaking in like weird ooga booga kind of language. And Peter says that he understands it and asks him to repeat it. Would you repeat that? Crutch. <laughs> He says that he's the original Kimba of the jungle and that when the movie company ran out of money here on location uh, in 1916, they left him here behind to rot. So the boys asked what happened to the woman who played his wife and the little kid who played the little kid. And he says she ran off with the casting director and the boy is fine and lives in Argentina. Mike's like, how do you get that? All he said was crutch. 
And Peter says, it's not the word, but it's how he says it. <laughs> so Davy asks if he can speak English, and the scraggler old man, he says it's been a long time since he spoke in his native tongue. And then Peter just answers, no. <laughs> so suddenly there's gunshots, and a scraggly guy, he, he says they should follow Kimba, and he's Kimba. Because he knows the island like, like his hand, and he tells them they have to go to the callus, Turn at the finger, go down to the wrist, and back to the finger. And Mike thinks he's a nut, but David just wants to get out of there, so they follow Kimba. Yeah. So Sean and Thursday are looking for them, and they're carrying like a tape recorder that's playing the sounds of the gunshots and playing like these angry dog sounds. And Shaw says that it will weaken them psychologically, and Thursday says, or it'll give them a headache. <laughs> So we go back to Kimba and the boys. There's like a lot of super short scenes in this episode. Like, because they're both looking for things. Like they're looking to get away from the dudes and the guys are looking for them. So we got to keep going back and forth. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's what kind of makes this episode so so packed. (laughs) Yeah. So Kimba tells the boys to stop because there's quicksand. And like, how do you know? And he's like, I'm stuck in it. And he's like stuck <laughs> up to his knees. And the boys help him out. And then Mike tells Kimba that they're going to be killed. And Kimba calls his jungle friends to come help them out. <laughs> and we see stock footage of wild animals sleeping and yawning. And suddenly animals appear with the boys, but they're like chickens and kittens and puppies and things. <laughs> Not... Not going to help them out in the jungle. That's pretty cute. Yeah, unless they're going to eat them. And uh, so the boys are walking and they see their own footprints and Mickey freaks out because it means that they're walking in circles. And then the other guys explain that, no, it's just a small set. We have to use the same places over and over again. And uh, Kimba tells them that they're no longer safe on, the, on land and they have to use the vines to swing. And he yells again. And then Mike tells him, don't do that. Don't do that. And Kimba swings, and we do a little rock the footage back and forth, and then he falls into a bush. Did he fall? Yeah. Yes, another tree thing all over. Just uh, Kimba says his swinging days are over. And then we cut to Sean Thursday, who say that they're going to split up to find the monkeys. So both groups are supposed to split up. But the monkeys actually never do, because they hook up with Kimba. <laughs> mm, true. The boys are walking. I feel like everything starts off with, so the boys are walking around. <laughs> That's kind of all they're doing this whole episode. <laughs> so the boys are walking around, and, and Davey bumps right to Thursday, who seems to be like in some sort of trance or something. Like he, he, he doesn't see Davey because he's waving his hand in front of him. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Davey talks into one of the shells on his necklace. And uh, he says that he recognizes him from a Stuart Granger movie. And Thursday smiles and Davey freaks out and jumps into Peter's arms. And uh, Thursday tells him to calm down because he's defected. And Peter says, I'd see a doctor about that. (laughs) And they ask, how can they believe him? And he says, well, I've got the weapon. And they all decide to believe him. But Thursday should be stoked because he saw these guys on TV earlier. Like, it's true. Yeah. It's like, uh, maybe it's like a Truman show kind of thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So Mike asks how they can get off the island. And Thursday tells him that he knows where, P- where Shaw hid their boat. And when he goes to sleep, they can get it. And Mickey asks where the boat is. And Thursday says he can't tell them that now. That's in the next <laughs> scene. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of references to it being a show in this episode. Like, Definitely second season more often, but uh, oh, absolutely! This episode yeah. they're really hitting it hard. <laughs> so 
So uh, everyone's back at Shaw's place. And Peter says he doesn't feel safe being there. But Thursday says he figures the last place Shaw will look is at his own place. And then suddenly Shaw bursts through the door and uh, takes a shot into the ceiling. Boom! I thought that you would think that I would think that you wouldn't come here. So you did. Therefore, so did I. (laughs) Another play on words by Monty Landis. Fantastic. Nice. He tells him that the die is cast. And Davy says they always wondered what that meant. And Shaw says, The cops are die. Pretty clever. Shaw tells them that if they have any last words, they should say them now. And they all go off saying different weird things. Four score and Mary, Mary, And Shaw shoots into the air and they all stop. And Davy says that he can't kill them because it's not very British. And he pulls out a flag. And Shaw says that he's Australian, so the rules don't apply. And a cool thing happens. Davy like throws the flag over his shoulder and it lands like right in Thursday's hand. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And uh, you can kind of see Thursday react because he's the only one who sees it because he's behind everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty sweet. So Shaw gives them different ways that they can choose to die in a boiling pot. And then we see a shot of Davy bathing in a big pot. He says uh, with bamboo <laughs> shoved under their fingernails, we see Peter get a manicure. And he says they can be exposed to the ants. And Peter's with a few old ladies who are like his aunts or his aunts. <laughs> <laughs> or they can get a severe tongue lashing. And Mickey's getting beaten by Monty Landis with this enormous rubber tongue. <laughs> so he says, or they can kill them straight up because they're looking for the treasure. And Peter asks about the treasure and Shaw says he's been looking for it for years. And Peter asks why he doesn't use a map. And Shaw says, well, he doesn't have one. So Peter gives him the map, and Shaw realizes that the treasure's right under his hut. And he tells the monkeys to start digging, and they do, and Davy finds this chest and pulls it up out of, out of the ground. And Shaw shoots it open, and an old lady who's dressed like Kimba pops out, and she <laughs> hits Shaw in the head, and he gets knocked out cold. And uh, Kimba and his leading lady, Jane, are reunited with each other. What a twist. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, holes in this, but, you know, we'll just keep going. It's good they didn't pull up, like, a bucket of bones in Kimba's outfit. <laughs> it would have taken a definite uh, definite turn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, Peter starts to cry again, and then Davy also starts to cry, which leads us to Monkey's Romp number only, Daydream Believer. <laughs> Hey. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a nice big to hit see tune. Yeah, they're really, they're like, hey, remember this, kids. We're not going Papa Jean's Blues <laughs> like last week. We're going number, straight to the top of the charts with Daydream Believer. Oh, so yeah. in this romp, it's, it's, more, it's definitely a frolly romp, just more of romping than storylining. A fromp? Yeah, romp for romp's sake. It's uh, each of the ants then pops out of the chest as well as some photographers and a gorilla who chases everybody out. Shaw wakes up and he also chases them. It's like Mickey swinging on a vine, which is the shot used in the opening of the, of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a bunch of that in there. A bunch yeah. of opening clips here. Yeah. Uh, Mike suntanning and the gorilla scares him and then he starts to suntan. Mike gets scared of <laughs> Peter and Davey when they take off their masks. <laughs> and, they're, they're, and Peter and Davey are dressed like Kimba now at this point for some reason. Mickey tries to open up a coconut with a hammer, and Thursday shows up with a bottle of coconut milk, spelt with an A in it, like coconut milk. Yeah. And then Mickey takes it, and then he hits it with a hammer, and it breaks. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> all, the, okay. all the boys swinging on vines, each of them on a bridge, like, way up high. And when they each look down, they're looking down at different stock footage. <laughs> uh, Kimba and his woman dancing, Shaw chasing the ants with a big net for some reason. All of them are dancing and holding hands. Davy has red flags. Like, he's like, uh... I don't know what he would be doing. Like, he's directing a ship, right? Down a ship. Semaphore. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and at the very end of the romp, with everybody just holding hands and, like, like dancing together, the last person, it might be Peter, they totally wipe out. They, they totally eat garbage on the sand dune they're on. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So now we're back in L.A. Peter's walking down the street again, and the same shady guy asks him if he wants to buy the city of Liverpool. And uh, Peter says, uh, asks if he remembers him, and he, he calls him a crook, and then he flags down a cop and tells him that the guy tried to sell him San Diego last time and a bad treasure map, and now Liverpool. And uh, the cop asks if he bought it, and Peter says no, and the cop then says good, and then he tries to sell him Cleveland, and oh, Peter boy. walks away all pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the end of the, the story of the episode but we've got a musical performance of uh, what, what am I doing hanging around and the, the boys are all in the matching blue eight button shirts yeah 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 looking good we uh, caught the teaser trailer for this back in episode 33 yes we did and now we got the, the, the feature length <laughs> we got Mike on guitar Peter on banjo Mickey on drums and Davey on maracas it, it's a cool performance. It's good to see him. Mike's really giving her. Yeah. Uh, close up of Mike. Like, Davey's always trying to get into the shot. Like, he puts his head in a couple times. Our time just, like, reaches maracas <laughs> yeah. in there. And uh, Mickey's hamming it up from behind the kit the whole time. Yeah, I was going to say, Mickey's always, ha- I always say, Mickey hams it up a bit. <laughs> I've written down. And uh, the Peter flashing the banjo traps. You have a little note yeah. or two about that. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, wicked. Man. That's it's, wicked. It's a good. It looks like they're playing the tune. Which, yeah, it really does. Mickey's got the hi-hat in between the two toms, which I always find weird, but I guess if he's left-handed, he prefers it there. It's because of how he plays. Like, he plays his kick like a right-handed drummer, but he plays his arms like a left-handed drummer. So that's why it's weird. Yeah, super weird. Also, what's weird is the set they're on. There's like a hat hanging there. There's a blanket and like a wooden awning type thing, but not like a 3D awning. It's like looks like a picture of an awning, but made out of wood. Yeah, very weird. I think they they I think they knew they were going to use this for some sort of Mexican type episode at some point due to the subject matter of the song, <laughs> and um, it obviously it worked for the premiere. But here yep. you got the the full tune itself. Yeah, fantastic. Good times, good times. Okay, so, episode 40, Monkeys Marooned. What do you think of it? Overall thoughts here. It's a fun episode. A lot going on. <laughs> a lot of people in the cast. And um, I think it was, it, was, it was fun. It's a good one. And a lot of, lot of uh, funny jokes you don't see coming. Some that you do. But um, they find a way to make it fun and, and uh, fresh all the time. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's a, yeah, another rompy episode that only mentions the band in passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, a lot is happening. But also, it's it's funny. It's like a, a lot's happening, but not a lot's happening. It's like they're looking <laughs> for the treasure and they're trying to find the monkeys. And it's like the whole middle of the episode. 
And it's like the, the show moves really fast and has a lot of moving parts, but sometimes just kind of felt like it was like treading water because they had to yeah. get to where they were going, but they couldn't get there too quickly. And they even point out like they're always walking past the same stuff. Like, yeah, you know, like, like on TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, was there guns in the episode? You betcha there's guns in the episode. You darn right. Yeah, all over the place. Um, actually, I guess not really all over the place. Just just uh, Shaw has the guns. Yeah. But That's still. All you need. Yeah, still guns. Highlight of the show, uh, Monty Landis, what I thought was really hilarious in this episode. Oh, he's good. He's good. I think we'll go with that. Yeah, and, and Peter kind of was uh, the propulsion of this episode. Like, he started it, he ended it. It was him, yeah, yeah, yeah. his doing that got everything going. So that was kind of cool, too. <laughs> Was there a monkey's ruse? I don't think so. Ooh, good question. And uh, now, because they just go right to him, and uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they, they they don't dress up like islanders trying to they're, get into the hut or something like that or anything. They Yeah, they don't have to trick anybody by pretending to be rednecks, nothing like that. Yeah, so hey, no monkey's ruse. Chalk that up. Hmm. Uh, fourth wall breaks. There's a couple when uh, Mickey thinks they've been walking in circles, but they tell him it's just a small set. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. When Thursday, when uh, Thursday tells him he can't tell them where their boat is until the next scene. <laughs> and uh, the who writes this stuff a couple of times. Who writes that stuff? Yeah. Um, best musical moment for me. Hearing Daydream Believer was nice, and it really fit the good times of the island life. But I always prefer like the live performance of a song. So I'm with you there, Paco. Yeah, for sure. So I think that I think everybody would say that. I think, and if not, you're wrong. Sorry, <laughs> your friends just don't want to tell you. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, classic monkeys moments. Uh, a couple uh, don't do that. Uh, Peter mm. cries. Uh, they mentioned the script. <laughs> Peter cries counts as a monkey's moment. It has to now. It's happened too frequently. <laughs> it's, oh, and Peter walks away pissed off at the end. We've got to keep track of those two. Yeah. <laughs> um, what wouldn't fly in 2021? I don't know. Like the native guy, maybe, but he's the smartest guy. And mm. it's not like they gave him a weird accent or something. Oh, but, yeah, and it's a specific reference to something. Do you, have, do you have that written down for later? Yeah, we could talk about that, too. We're coming up to the Did You Knows. But, yeah, like okay, Thursday yeah, yeah, sure if, is a reference to yeah. Friday from Robinson Crusoe. Yes, his man Friday. Yeah, so that's one. So I don't. I think it could really uh, really fly. And, and also, it was, a, it was like a 250-year-old reference back in uh, 1967, so... Yeah. I don't know if they're still talking about Robin Crusoe at school these days, but maybe they are. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in grade eight. <laughs> <laughs> and and also Thursday is the only smart person in the entire show, essentially. He's the only one who knows what's going on. I think you're right. All right, so some did you knows. Uh, the plot is a spoof on the novella The Most Dangerous Game by Richard Connell, where like a crazy dude lives on an island and hunts shipwrecked people like, like their big game. So that's essentially mm. who Shaw is. This could have been a much darker episode. 
that baby picture that the dude shows Peter at the start. You might recognize that from a few episodes ago. Uh, the picture frame, I think it was, of uh, when they're shooting the movie, and uh, we see that baby picture, which is uh, also a prop photo from uh, the final episode of Leave It to Beaver. Yet somehow it made it all the way here to the monkeys. I wonder if that is like baby Jerry Mathers or if it's <laughs> some know, rando man. baby who just happens to live on in all these TV shows. It's like a st- it's stock footage in uh, still form. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The original stock footage. Um, <laughs> so about the cast here. Thursday, played by Rupert Cross. He was the first African-American ever nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in The Rivers oh, in 1969. Uh, he lost huh. to Jack Albertson for The Subject Was Roses, just so you know. And he has Jack 38 Al- acting credits, and he passed away in 1973. Oh, man. Not long after this. Six years later, he got that Oscar nom in there, at least. And, and, and made history hmm. with that Oscar nom. True that. Okay, another guy here, Don Sherman who played Leonard Sheldon, who's the hood, who tries to sell Peter everything. He, uh, he was based on uh, the TV producer and actor, Sheldon Leonard. And I, I was wondering, actually, do you think this is where the Big Bang roommate names came from, from this TV producer? Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I, uh, maybe. Yeah, could be. That's very. I'd like to know about that. Wow. So anyway, uh, Don Sherman, the guy who who plays Leonard Sheldon, he wrote Rocky, mm. Rocky Two, II, Rocky Three, and Rocky Five. He played a guy named Andy Damn. in Rocky Three, Five, and Rocky Balboa, and he was also the patrolman in the episode Alias Mickey Dolenz. So he, wow. he's popped up. He has thirty eight acting credits to his name, and he passed away in twenty twelve. Now we'll go up. Burt Mustin, who played Kemba. He has 198 acting credits. He was born wow. in 1884, and he passed Jesus. away in 1977. That's a lot of credits. All right. Uh, producer Nicole, my wife, uh, looked it up, and Sheldon and Leonard are named after Sheldon Leonard, the TV producer. Wow. Look wow. out. Look out. Amazing. That was some... Clutch research from Podcast Valley Labs. <laughs> yeah, she's on it. Look out. Georgia Schmidt, who played Kemba's Lady. She has 48 acting credits, and she was also in Your Friendly Neighborhood Kidnappers from the first season. Huh. She passed wow. away in 1997. And finally, <laughs> Dr. Schwartzkopf was played by our man, James Frawley. Oh, Jimmy. You sneaky son of a bitch. He's he's uncredited in the role. He he didn't he didn't want all the the glory for it. Oh no! <laughs> but so that's Mr. James Frawley, everyone. Awesome. Okay, so wait, I hear something coming up. Hat damn! There it is, the randomatic countdown featuring the wool hat of mystery. Which, if you are new to the podcast, this is where Jeff and I pull out three songs out of a green wool hat at random and add them to our ongoing monkeys countdown where we see fit in the countdown yes not what the popular opinion is but (laughs) what me and Paco think they belong based on our opinions only right now we have 115 songs in the countdown wow according to my list 
I think uh, I think that's about right. Anyway, alrighty. Let's add some more, buddy. Sounds good to me. I think I go first this week. Yeah, you go ahead. All right, I'm reaching on in. I've got a piece of paper. Fantastic. What you got? Love to love. Oh. They say you need love to love. You gotta have love to love. They all say it works that way, but if it's true, why do I love you? Why do I love? Step back, Jack. That song rules. That's a fantastic song. As Love to Love, written by Neil Diamond, sung by David Jones, hooking up again. It's a beaut. And um, like we were saying, it was uh, finally released on a proper album on Good Times. It appears on the Listen to the Band box set in a slightly different mix on the Green Peter disc. And I also believe it was on uh, Missing Links Volume 3. Oh, uh, perhaps. I'd have to check that out. It might be. But this particular version, uh, the good like they add some vocals to it in the studio, like when they made Good Times, and it was just a really neat way to uh, have Davey on the album with such a good tune. Yeah, it was fantastic. It sounds great. The new new mix, awesome. And they did, yeah, they didn't do too much with it, right? They had they had no. some background vocals in the chorus, but everything else is like preserved from uh, back then. And the guitar solo rips. It's a great guitar. I love when guitar solos do that. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) And a fantastic song. Super stoked. All right. So where where are you? uh, Let me see here. I I think this is up high for me. It's definitely uh, one of my favorite Davy Jones songs that he I'm sings. with you there bud uh so what the heck where do, what's our highest Davy song so far look out here no Valerie I guess it is Valerie yeah isn't Valerie it? yeah you like it more than Valerie you know what I'd put it directly behind Valerie at number 15 in between no Valerie shit. and Auntie's Municipal Court oh because I think Valerie's got a little edge to it just because it's Valerie mm-hmm. and it rips yeah but like like this song here man I'm surprised like someone doesn't pick it up you know that was pick that obscure 60s song and put it into a movie like Quentin Tarantino will put a song in a movie or wh- whoever yeah 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 I feel like this song if the right person heard it and put it in the right scene it would just fit perfect huh so I say could, well, it, I could it could it be you Paco yeah, someday maybe. All right, I'll uh, I'll back you up on that one. We're gonna get letters, but maybe from some Davy Jones fans that are happy that we put him in the top twenty. I think anyone who has ears should be like, "Whoa, <laughs> that's awesome!" Anyone who has ears should be like, "Whoa!" There's your pull quote for "Love to Love" by the Monkees, sung by Davy Jones and written by Neil Diamond. The "Love to Love" tracks go back all the way to the Kirshner days. Uh, he was putting together the music uh, while the boys were on tour. Uh, but then, we know what happened to Kirshner. So those <laughs> tapes were in the vault for a bit. So when they were coming up with tunes uh, to put in the reruns, Davey put some vocals on it, but they never ended up using it. And its very first appearance was on, um, if you're a Monkees fan, you might 
you, you might know of this or hopefully have it, the Monkey Mania compilation that came out in Australia has Love to Love on it, and that was the first time it came out on, uh, on something. Nice. Okay, Jeff, so your turn to reach on in to the wool hat of mystery. Yeah, pass that hat, cuz. Oof, you got a big, big, big wool hat to fill. Hey, it's Heart and Soul from Poolit86. Uh, Chris Paco is very favorite Monkey's album. <laughs> <laughs> Heart and Soul by the Monkees from Poolit. Heart and Soul for sure on Poolit, man. It was one of the singles, right? Like it was a like a pretty enjoyed song from Poolit. Yeah, it's a big tune and uh, it sounds big, and I think is designed for for concert playing because it's a big sing along, clap along. It's a good tune. It sounds very 80s, but it's still uh, it's still good. Yeah. All right. So where do you think uh, Heart and Soul should end up on our randomatic countdown? Great quash, Paco. I mean, I don't dislike it. Heart and Soul was written by Simon Byrne and Andrew Howell, lead vocals by Mr. Mickey Dolans. And it's a good tune. And I'm going to put it. I don't know if this. I don't know if it'll be better than a uh, getting in. That might remain our highest charting pull it tune. I think but so. I think it's better than Admiral Mike. We're gonna tuck it right behind the uh, Dolan's Jones Boys and Heart tracks. It's our new number thirty-six. It's Heart and Soul. See, because that's the kind of tune. If you got um, if you're putting together just a bunch of upbeat monkeys tunes to listen to, I think you got to put Heart and Soul on there. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. It's very boppy. Even at the end, we were listening to it. I had to clap along. It's an involuntary response. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Third song of the day. Bring it home, Bago. I'm reaching in with my left hand. That's uh, so it feels like someone else is doing it. Oh, the stranger. All right, here we go. Let's see. It's nice to be with you. It's nice to be with you. Well, the hat was good to us for most of the day. <laughs> I feel the hat is looking out for our best interest, though. It's like, hey, <laughs> you can't do too much of this right away. <laughs> I suppose you're right. It's nice to be with you. Uh, the B-side to our other favorite monkey song, D.W. Washburn, uh, written by Jerry Goldstein, arranged by Shorty Rogers, whose name comes up quite a bit in the history of the monkeys. And... Um, yeah, sung by Sir David Jones. Paco, what do you think of uh, It's Nice to Be With You? Uh, one thing I think is at the end of it, when he says, it's so nice to be with you, the way he sings it, it sounds like he's trying to do an Italian accent. It's like, it's a nice to be with you. <laughs> it's a nice to be with you. <laughs> that so that improves the song a lot. It really does. You got to wait till the end to hear it. So it makes you listen to the whole song. Um, it's like the melody is good and everything's fine with it. But it, it just like kind of repeats itself a lot. Nice song, I guess. But again, it's not something I'm reaching for. <laughs> nice song, I guess. Yeah, this is just like a, a pillowy soft 
Davy Jones time filler. And just it's a it's a, it's a no for me, dog. Yeah. Like when you look at the the chronology of the monkey singles, the single that came out before this was uh, Valerie with Tapioca Tundra on the flip. Ooh, that is a right? solid, solid uh, one-two punch. Right, and then and the next single is gonna be Porpoise Song. With as we go along, wow! What but by weird... then, but by then the monkeys' place in the zeitgeist was kind of a tire fire, so it did not that single did not get appreciated till uh, way 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 later. And um, as for the D.W. Washburn single, like that was the uh, the last top twenty hit of the Call Gems era, like it made it to nineteen, I think, and. Uh, Eventually, they would see the charts again with uh, that was then, this is now. But this is just, I don't know. Ugh. Yeah. Nah. It's enough for me, dog. No. So I would say I would put it um, right after this just doesn't seem to be my day and before I'll spend my life with you at number 79. I feel huh. it's nice okay. to be with you goes there. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I like I'll Spend My Life With You a little more than this song. Can we scooch it down a spot? We can. I will admit that's what I meant to do, but I added the row to the wrong spot. <laughs> and I just went with it. <laughs> no, that's not how we do things here, Paco. <laughs> well, we're down in the murk. It's just funny looking at the titles on the chart as like a sequence of events where it's like, I'll spend my life with you. It's nice to be with you. Eh, whatever's right. Yeah. Gotta give it time. Dying of a broken heart. <laughs> so we had a pretty okay batch of songs there. It kind of went down. It, we started at the peak and went down the hill this time. But it was still good tunes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love still to Love coming tunes. out. Fantastic. Good to see That's that That's huge. A big deep cut. Definitely. Definitely. I guess uh, that wraps up the show for today, I gotta say. Oh yeah, it was a it was a quick one. Oh yeah, it's a nice to be with you. <laughs> it's a nice to be with you too, Paco. <laughs> and on that note, I'll say from me, Paco, and me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>